1: don't quit before the miracle happens we're the defective characters three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery hey i'm mike i'm dennis james here the opinions are our own we don't represent any particular organization institution or fellowship today we'll be sharing our experience with happiness in this episode 47 of the effective characters podcast let's go
0: Come on, do y'all really
1: have any experience with happiness?
2: Joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, joy were, joy. were you
1: were you guys and I know like right now, like we're some of the happiest people ever, but if I okay. asked five people in your life, some family, some friends, some coworkers or colleagues, would the majority out of those five, so would three out of five say that you were more happy before the program? Dennis, I'll start start with you. I don't so, know. You don't think so? I don't know. I don't know what people say. Um
0: I'll
2: tell you what they say.
0: What do they say, James? <laughs> we are not a glum lot.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you I mean,
2: what do you th- I, th- what do you think, I James?
1: I, like, did did people say people- that you were happy before the program? Um and not even like Cause I think a lot of like our significant others, um, cause it's, I mean, that's why you hit your bottom, right? Like down yeah. deep, those people know how you are. I can but- go
2: right that with, um, just my children, uh, in particular, you know, I've got two teenage boys, 13 and 16 and, um, they be- they watched me drink a lot, unfortunately. And, um, you know, my drinking had led me to break up with their mom and, um, I was on my own drinking, and they would come over for my to my house for the um, weekend. And, you know, some weekends I was drinking all weekend, and they were pretty much just forced to do whatever they want, like fend for themselves. Uh, I'd order pizza, and, you know, I'd just not be engaged with them. And I remember my littlest one, my, he must have been eight or nine at the time. I remember him saying on a saturday dad please don't drink tonight because i know you're going to sleep all day sunday you know this is coming from my my little child and and i i had the, the balls to say to him sorry daddy's got a drink you know who does that i'll tell you who i do and it's because i'm an alcoholic and i did not have the spiritual experience to help me get through these steps and Unfortunately, I, I had that. And the kids today, it's
1: a different story. So when, when did the transition happen that, like, before you hit the dark spot where you had to every day, could you could you feel yourself get, like, getting less happy and, and needing that to just get through? Like, before you were in your the throes of an addiction?
2: Yeah, so... Well, okay, for me, it's, it just got worse and worse, and then when their their mom left me, it was just like, I took that as opportunity to do whatever I wanted, and, and as an alcoholic, because I had this new freedom of being alone, it just drove me into the depths of hell, because I drank so much, you know, I got fired from my job, I got evicted from my apartment, it was a mess absolute mess and um there was no happiness the only happiness at that time for me was knowing that i was about to drink and then starting to drink and then it quickly
0: escalated into just terror you know what i mean are you cooking (laughs) chicken parmesan right now that sounds good (laughs) Are you laying on your magic carpet?
2: No, I'm sitting in a chair.
0: Okay. I could hear it. (laughs) I thought you were cooking chicken parmesan. Hmm.
1: That might have been one of my favorite episodes, except then we didn't get to eat eat any of that. We didn't the chicken parmesan. (laughs) So, so, um, Dennis, but as far as happiness, so, like, James was talking about, like, before he had his bottom, essentially, like bottom, like, like the worst part of, like, you know, not being happy. Mm-hmm. And then what started to, like, bring him out. So what was, like, that transition from you? So before the worst, the worst, and then when you were trying to work your way out? Um, I don't know.
0: I feel like I'm still trying to work my way out. I think, like, before I came in to the rooms i you know definitely wasn't happy i was in a very dark place in a very horrible state um then like coming in or whatever i first got hope or whatever and still not happy and i think even today it's like you know my default when i'm like not around anyone and nothing going on or whatever i still sink into like that depressive mood like my default of you know just where i go whenever there's nothing stimulating me or nothing happening around me is still not happiness it's not joy you know i think it's peace more peaceful than it used to be but it's it's not there i think the happiness I get comes from, you know, interacting with people and doing things and, you know, it's somewhat fleeting, but it's not completely fleeting at last. Like, bef- like, I don't know how to explain it, but like before where I just wasn't happy, there wasn't happiness. I was just miserable all the time. Right. And then now I get moments of happiness and joy and, and comfortability with life and whatnot. So as time goes on, those moments get wider and the time in between those moments gets shorter, if that makes sense. So I'm hoping that over more time and more gratitude, more appreciation, more surrender, more, you know what I'm keep doing what I'm doing that it'll continue to grow, that eventually that default switches to just peace, bliss, joy, whatever you want to call it, you
1: know? Yeah. I, like, I know for me, the, um, if I go back to, like, when I when I started drinking, uh, I guess not normally, uh, at that point, if you were to ask everybody in my life, I think... I'm pretty positive that they would say that I was I was happy and that everything was great. But I was also starting a career that um, was more like acting and not real. So you always had to have that persona that everything was great, which was really dangerous when you add alcohol into that, because then it takes you. I mean, how many of us are actually real? about how bad it really is if somebody asked, you know, you would scare the hell out of them. If you're like, yep. Uh, you know, the, I would say like, Oh yeah, it's a party. Every day is a party. And really if I was on the phone with somebody and I said, yeah, party and having some drinks, it's all good. I would make up a situation that I was in that I really wasn't because I was either in my car drinking or just sitting on the couch by myself drinking and I knew down deep, I wasn't happy, but outwardly it wasn't real. And now in sobriety, um, even outside of, um, the rooms, definitely inside the rooms. If, if I'm not happy and things aren't good, I am able to, to be like honest, like right now going through a real tough time. Um, If if I'm not happy, I know there are things that I can do. And that's what I I wanted to find out from you guys. If you're not happy, you know, um, and James kind of touched on um, the spirituality that uh, helped him get there. and, And maybe you can talk about that a little bit more. But there are tools that while you're trying to find, if you're new in the program, you don't have a higher power to just turn it over to. There are some tools to use that that help. And if I can toss out the I would need to do a gratitude alphabet list, because when I first got sober, um, the reason that I started going to meetings was because my wife said that she was leaving me and I begged her and pleaded with her and she said, no, like You need to get help. This is terrible. I want out. I'm not doing this anymore. And I started going to meetings. um, But that still didn't shut off the craving. It's not like you go to your first meeting and then you're all good and you're healed. It's just, you know, that's day one of, you know, having some medicine, essentially. And the meetings were my medicine uh, and putting that in me. And the suggestion was, well, if your mind's racing and everything's terrible, you're by yourself your drink you know at the time I was still romanticizing the drink because it's like losing a relationship you know and I'm going through a little bit of that now where those feelings that I had losing a drink is now losing a relationship that I never thought that I would lose in sobriety but those gratitude um, lists and the gratitude alphabet going and saying okay what begins with A that I'm grateful for what begins with B and going all the way through uh, makes me feel better. Is there something that that you do, James, and maybe you can dive into more as far as your uh, connection to your higher power, how that happens to get you to happiness?
2: Um, Yeah, I like to um, listen to a lot of um, Christian music. Um, For me, it's a a straight path to God. And... um, Dennis also showed me that, you know, whenever he listens to his um, alternative rock, he he replaces the word you with God. So it's kind of cool to listen to the secular music now, too, um,
1: because that
2: makes me happy because I can just replace words with God. But uh, for me, you know, Christian music, there's so much good stuff out there. And, um, you know, as a Christian, uh, my higher power is Jesus Christ. And it it just speaks to my soul, and I get like these goosebumps all over my body when I hear like a really good singer. And um, you know, I I come downstairs in the morning, and I got my little Echo Dot from Amazon. Not to, um, they're not sponsoring us yet, but I um, <laughs> Alexa, play James's worship music, and I'll just be like dancing around. And I get instantly happy. Oh my gosh, she just turned on. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Alexa, stop. Sorry. Don't be nice to Alexa.
2: I don't have to use please. <laughs> I couldn't I barely, I barely even said it. So that's like uh, that's like one of my number one. Um, you know, praying. Just um always gratitude. You know, I like to be um whenever my wife and I uh, get-together with Dennis before the the meetings. Um, I think it was uh, Gratitude Tuesday. Was it Tuesday, Dennis? It was Tuesday. Now it's Monday. And um, we just go over and we'll just take turns doing the gratitude list. And, and it's fun to, like, be silly, you know. Like, I'm grateful for tiny little bumblebees and blades of grass with ladybugs on them. Uh, stuff like that, you know. I'm grateful for farts that don't smell too bad while I'm working. But, um, you know, a little like
0: specific, that. what happened at work last
1: night? <laughs> <laughs> Taco Tuesday.
2: <laughs> and, um, um uh, my kids definitely, whenever I, all I have to do is think about them. And I'll, as soon as I think about them, I send them a text and, uh, I'll send out in the universe, uh, I'm just sending loving kindness to you kids, and then I ask God to watch over them and keep them safe from harm today, and let them know I'm thinking about them. Anytime I think about them, I usually shoot them a text, and um, and I've been doing that a lot more with my father, too, because I have a really good relationship with my father, but I don't let him know how much I love him enough, and as a father now, it's easy to see, like, his love for me, and how I love when my kids reach out, so I try to do that more. It's like this, this little trickle-down effect. When you become a father, you're, you're more in tune to your parents and how they must feel about you. You know what I mean?
1: So. I do. What do you think, Dennis? Well, that's all good and all. But... <laughs> there we go.
0: <laughs> but what I, what I typically do if I'm feeling down or, or not happy is I'll, like, go in my room, shut the dirt or turn the lights off, get in bed, and then I'll do the alphabet thing as well, you know. But I typically do, like, the, all the, like, negative things in my life, and I just check them off. Like, A would be arson, B would be baseball bats, and, you know, and then I just sink deeper and deeper. Oh, wait,
1: no, that's the alphabet. No, opposite. that's sadness. I think, oh. Yeah. Oh, you didn't get the show notes. I don't. I, I don't send. quite
0: understand the concept. And notes. we all know that
1: B would be bumblebee
0: stings. Oh, bumblebee stings are bad. I got it. Yeah, and that's a double D.
1: You know what you reminded me of, and I don't mean to cut you off, but back before I knew I was an alcoholic, I actually thought it was like a cool thing because I'm an idiot, and I was like 23, and I I was in a relationship with somebody. It was awful, but I was so blue for like three weeks. I kid you not. I would just sit in the bathtub. There would be no water in it, but I would just get a like a bunch of alcohol and put it right next to the bathtub and I would just drink in the bathtub. And I did that every day for like 3 weeks and I was so miserable and I would listen to like the saddest songs that I I made like a sad mix on CD and I would just listen to that. So that's what they that reminded me of. You
0: know what's smart about that, though, is that when you pee yourself or throw up, you're already in the shower. So that's you what you I would just,
1: do. You just rinse off real quick. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I was clothed, but I was also just peeing myself right in there yeah, in the right bathtub. In the tub. So, I mean, you're a, you're a
2: tall guy, too, Mike. What are you, 6'3"?
1: Yeah, 6'3", 6'4". So it was just you could definitely see my head and my knees outside of the tub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But we can laugh. But that sounds really sad. Uh, it was it was super sad. It was super sad. And I had a black light in there, so that was the only light. Like the the, the, p- the black light was to make it a party, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> still a party. There's a black light. <laughs> so um, no, but as far as happiness goes, and I mean, you can tell with our jokes, you know yeah. how we are now. Yeah, and
0: I think it's good that we can laugh about it because we're not really doing that stuff anymore. And I, I think for me, like the most important thing that I got to remember when I drift into that, like state of mind is, you know, the cliche phrase of uh, move a muscle, change a thought, you know what I'm saying? So like, I can, most of the time catch myself when I'm feeling like I'm feeling or, you know, drifting into that negative thought. So I have to like force myself and it's not always easy to like get up even if it's just standing up and going outside for a minute or something, you know what I'm saying? That's at least moves me out of that situation. And then it also helps to like, you know, call someone, not just like call them and talk about it, but call them and go do something. Like, you know, what are you doing? Let's go on a bike ride. Let's go watch a movie. Let's go do something and it doesn't matter what that is but as long as you're doing something eventually you'll start talking about something else or you'll be focused on the game you're playing or something else like that and it takes you out of that and then once you like pull yourself out of that you can then maybe assess what you're going to do and then start doing the work you know we have a fourth step and fifth step and stuff to figure out what's really bothering us and how we can attack or tackle that problem and, you know, do it with the help of our sponsors and our fellowship and stuff like that. But I think importantly is to just get up and move. Even if it's just like what Jane said, put on some music and dance around. If you do that for like five minutes, you know, you're going to have a little more adrenaline going through your body, a little more serotonin going through your body. And that'll at least
1: get you, back out of that like sinking pool you know is it impossible if you stay in the moment and stay where your feet are is it is it possible to not be happy because you're in the moment you're not thinking about you know the future so like say there's a project that you have to do Mm is and you have dread about it or something you don't want to do or something that already has happened to you is it fair to say that like unhappiness lives in those moments and like is it is it possible when you were saying that it just got me thinking what do you think james
2: um it is possible you know happiness unhappiness it's all um, fleeting feelings and um you know you can always bring right back to the present moment by just breathing that's what I do. I, um, you focus on your breath. That's all you can really concentrate on usually. And um, when I'm having unhappy feelings, it's usually in the present or in the past. I'm thinking about stuff that I didn't do or I should have done, or I'm worrying about what I have no control over, and that is the future. I can control right now and how i feel in the present moment and um for me i'm i think uh my mom likes to tell me that i get her i get my happiness from her like she's just the happiest woman you know and um i find that for me like my natural state is to be happy um
1: the drugs <laughs> what's you said you're lucky lucky
2: Oh, it's, it's, some people are just wired that way, you know, Um, and um, it's, it's, it's really a gift, and once you have a spiritual foundation, um, and you really have a reason to live, it's just like amplified, so you're in more of a joyful state, and, um, you know, you can, you you see it on people, I, when I go to meetings, I see the people who are in joy, and I, And I see the miserable people, you know, some of them have 30 years and they come in complaining about life and you're just like, you just pray for them because, you know, man, you feel bad. Like, man, they just didn't get it. Like, you know, stopping drinking is one thing. There's a whole other side to life that these spiritual principles that are the steps design you to change. And, um, you know, it's really that when I – in the AA room, I see two types of people in AA. The people who who get it and have changed and are joyful and the people who are just going through the motions, dry drugs. And, um, you know, unless they
1: really make God
2: everything, they're going to stay that way.
0: I would say, like, on the same question, that, like, for me it is possible. You know, like they say like, you know, if you look into the future or whatever, that's where anxiety sits. It's the fear of the unknown or what's to come or the what ifs or the possibility. And you look in the past is where the depression sits. It's where the guilt, the shame, the regrets, all that kind of negative stuff. Um and then so we theoretically in the in the now is where the happiness sits, you know, God sits and whatnot. Um, I think, like, I think there's a lot of truth to that. But, like, you know, hypercritical of that or analytical of that would be, like, you can't be not happy. Like, if I'm sitting with someone and they're telling me a horrible story that happened to them or that something they're going through, then I could be right there in the now where my feet are and not be happy. You know what I'm saying? But I think the difference is, is, is in the now, I'm not going to be in that dread. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to be wallowing in it. You know, like the more that I look into the future and the more I see that fear of the unknown or that I feed those anxieties, it gets worse and worse and worse. And same with looking back. The, the more I dwell on the past, the lower I'm going to sink. And then you know, you get into that dread. Like I don't know how else to explain it, that existential dread. And um I think like living in the now, nine times out of ten, the now is okay. You know what I'm saying? And and you can be happy in the okay as long as you can accept life on life's terms, you know, and, and you give the future to God and you give the past to acceptance and lesson is learned or whatever. So, you know, I think I think there's like absolute truth to that with an asterisk on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want to say I'm happy if I'm at someone's funeral. But then I within that I can still look at the positives in it. You know, I can look at the positives of that like person's life. I can when I'm talking to my family members or friends that are at that hypothetical funeral there is still good there there is still good that you can find within that not happiness state you
1: mm-hmm. know i mean i'll be honest what i've been going through the last couple of weeks i have got the worst advice from people not in the program about <laughs> about how to get through stuff and maybe it's my own doing but the last couple of weeks since finding out that my wife is done no therapy is going to be coming she's refusing it she has, in detail, because I asked her, um, and she finally told me the things that, about me that she, I guess it's easy to say, just couldn't stand being with anymore. And the amount of people that said, you know, because I'll toss out kind of what we're talking about, about how, how to be happy and everything else and their number one thing. They word it in different ways, but they're like, don't deny your feelings. And it's like, that's all fine and good. But there is an appropriate way to deal with your feelings. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can you can identify your feelings and you have
0: to be honest about how you feel.
1: But like we said, you don't have to dwell in that. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't yeah. have to sit in it. Like, I know that, uh, you know, my, my sponsor has told me every single time, and it's not that I'm not doing it on purpose, but he's like, you got to put this down on paper, a fourth step but every day as we say more will be revealed and it it is and some of the stuff that i already put to paper i've had to cross out because it's it's changed you know and um you know it's not what i thought that it was um
0: that's okay though
1: no. you know but but it's i'm separating if you don't like what uh, someone is doing to you. It's not that you have to hate that person; you just hate what they're doing. So, if you've been done wrong, you can sit in that, you know. But I'm trying to look at it like there has to be some sort of a lesson. And, and even though I don't know what the future holds, and in my head, I had it all wrapped up. I had I had life that I wanted. It was not the life that the person that I was with wanted. And they're entitled to that. Um, but now, I mean, it's going to be, this will be one of the biggest changes of my life besides when I got sober, no matter how, you know, you look at it. There's no guarantees. Um, you know, if, if you guys got a call and you, uh, you know, something came up that had you moving someplace else, then we wouldn't be doing this podcast in the same area anymore. You know, like, we don't know what the the future holds. So I'm trying to stay in the day. And that's why even, like, I think it was, like, last week when we uh, recorded and you guys were like, hey, like, do you want to, like, take a week off? I'm like, hell no, I don't want to take a week off. Like, this this puts me in the now and, and makes me happy. And without those things, I'll just be the crying dude in the bathtub with, you know, whatever. There's nothing left in the drink for me. But I can still, you know, that still sounds good. I don't know about you guys. Like, we're joking around about, you know, turning on music and shutting down the lights and everything else. But sometimes that's, like, I can still romanticize that. I just know that it's not good for me, you know.
2: Funny that you you said that um, about... You know, you don't hate the person, but the situation. Because I think my wife has always known that. Because when she is really pissed at me, she will yell at me and she will say, "I hate you so much right now." (laughs) She'll she'll like say, like get that out, but then she'll remember to say, "Right now." Yeah.
0: But it's unfortunate that it's always right now, and it's always, (laughs) "I hate you." No, I'm just kidding. I'm
1: kidding. It's like always that, Van Halen <laughs>
2: always <song>. now. <laughs> or I think that she might have gotten better. She might have said, "I really hate that you're doing this to me right now." Mm. Yeah. I think that,
1: but, I, I think that's healthy. And I I don't know where yeah. where I. I'm sure I heard it in the rooms. You know, we pick up so much stuff and we don't even realize where it comes from. Yeah.
0: But I think it's yeah. it's you know what you said is is it's very easy for us to go back to do what we've always done because that's that's what's natural to us you know what i'm saying like that's when we had no guidance and when we were alone that's the stuff we did you know to escape to run away to not deal with it or to pity party or whatever and i think like you know whenever life blindsides us and changes everything that we thought was where one day we go to bed thinking it's one way and we wake up and it's another I think it's important for us to continue doing what has got us through up to that point you know so like doing the podcast still going to work remembering to drink water and eat food like those are basic things that like those are the first to go for me is I'll stop eating I'll stop drinking water you know stop showering stop all that like the basic stuff and I think to be diligent with like that kind of stuff, the normal routine stuff that gets us through a day and just gets us moving is very important. Thank God for bananas, huh, Dennis? Thank God for bananas.
1: <laughs> uh, is there anything you guys are struggling with right now, and um, you've implemented some of the techniques? I, I guess I kind of mentioned what what's worked for me and what's happening right now. Is there anything you want to dive into and talk about how the solution's actually working right now with things? And- I'll say
0: something. I think like one of the biggest things that I've been struggling with, and it's not the only thing, but like my quote unquote career or whatever. You know, as far as like writing and stuff like that goes, I've been very unmotivated. You know, I haven't been like all through the pandemic. I haven't been writing and like I get the thoughts of like, why do I even do this? You know, like the odds of being a success in my field are so small. And like it's just it a lot of times feels like more stress and more hopelessness than it's even worth. So it's like, "Eh, I'll just leave all this behind, you know, I don't need to make a film, I don't need to do whatever because what's the point? And those are completely, like, depressive thoughts. And uh, so I've been dealing with that a lot for, like, months now, since the pandemic even started, and it's something I deal with regularly throughout the years. But, um, you know, as far as the solution goes, it's kind of coming out of that mentality because now I have a project to do. Like we were what me and Mike were walking around the lake the other day and he was talking about creative stuff. And we were also talking about keeping busy and stuff because of everything going on and whatnot. And so I was like, well, why don't we make a short film? Right? Like, let's just film something like me, you and James, let's make a film. Text James about it. He was on board. So now all of a sudden I have a project, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like, you know, and like all the other stuff of the success, the, all of like failures and all of that just seem irrelevant right now because now my mind, instead of focusing on those negative things, well, now I got to write something. I got to create something and that's fun and that brings me out of it. And, you know, I think it's, it's I think that comes from talking about it but then also taking a step to do something different. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, and it's fun. So,
1: yeah. How about you, James?
2: Yeah, I got to say, when we, Dennis and I, I don't know, it was maybe two years ago, two and a half years ago, when we um, got together and we had a project, it was so fun to just be creative with another creative individual
0: the last one we did was last year not two years ago i was thinking about faldo oh faldo was like two years ago yeah 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 the other one that was good (laughs) it was fun until we lost it but yeah
2: it was was fun
1: (laughs) just gets erased from my memory (laughs) it doesn't count because it doesn't exist right now (laughs) yeah it got it got erased altogether. not even just your memory yeah,
0: <laughs> like legitimate all footage just gone. Yeah, oh that was you know, that was it, devastating.
2: Karma is gonna bite someone in the butt.
0: <gasps> or not? It's irrelevant. We forgive him. It happened. Yep.
2: Anyways, um, yeah, creative projects are, are wonderful. Um, just um, I've got like um, for me um, like you guys know that I, for a while I was, you know, I've been working in restaurants since I was 19. I'm 40. For a while. It was Man, like, you're old. Yeah. And I used to think that uh, like, what a, what a boring, depressing life working in a restaurant. And uh, and I, that would cause me to drink and stuff. And then I got out of it and I, I had a different job as a life coach i was a graphic designer for three years and ultimately when i got sober i went back to the restaurant industry and i bartended again and i realized that i really love to bartend and it's not because well i'm good at it but you know i i like talking to people i like being the center of attention you know and it's it's not it's not really mental work and it's not outside slaving away in the hot sun, you know. It's, it's something I enjoy to do. And um, you guys know that I do a lot of graphic design on the side, but, you know, in my mind, I don't know if I think that I can't do it or, you know, monetize my skills if I'm not good enough. Um, but this time, like, I don't beat myself up over it. That, like, I'll either do it one day or not but I'm not, I I don't beat myself up over what I do now as a profession, like, I've got a job, and a lot of it's like my mother's, sorry, my, my in-law, uh, my wife's mother, she was a nurse for 30 years, and she says that, she just gives me kind words, she's like, you've got a good job, and she'll be like, really kind, she's like, you know, Servers and bartenders are a lot like nurses, except you know people's lives aren't aren't on the line, and you don't have to thro- uh, clean up throw up and pee. And she's like, you guys are on your feet all the time. You get money, and you you know it's a it's a good profession. So that really helped me, you know, realize that you know yeah I've got a job. I'm okay, and who cares what my old me thought? I'm sober and I'm I'm happy today. I don't know if I'm just uh, bullshitting myself right
1: now, but... No, I mean, and and honestly, if somebody drinks too much, you might have to clean up, throw up, and pee, you know? It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I know there were many a time where it's like, yeah, you know, I thankfully made it to, to the bathrooms at the bar, but it's like, <laughs> it's, not always, yes. it's not always that great. So, it might... It's cool embracing, you know,
2: what you do and not wanting to be something else which is fine but at this point like i've just like i'm i'm happy you know and um dennis's sponsor uh, mike he a lot of times he tells me he's like you've got it made man just enjoy it because you don't want to be doing something you don't want to be doing and if you like it just be happy and so you know it's cool to have a lot of people tell you good stuff you know whereas Sometimes you have people like,
1: "Oh, you work in a restaurant? Yeah, that sucks." And then like, F you. Yeah, yeah. Any any final thoughts, Dennis, on it? Did you want to close it out or? Um... Yeah, no. Okay, <laughs> I don't have it. I, I, I think when when James was talking, the thing that stuck in my mind is wanting and appreciating what you have. And yeah. not what you don't have, you know. And, uh, you know, before we uh, sat down, the three of us, Dennis and I were at a meeting and it was said in that meeting about um, really how important it is to, ha- to to appreciate that what you have in your life, you, or at least what I got from it, like, if you don't appreciate what you have, you're not going to have it, you know, like the grass is green where you water it. So if you want to be happy, you have to work towards that. And and there are so many ways and examples in the, the big book and 12 and 12 and everything else. And, you know, if you get something out of what we said, I think that's the magic of it. Yeah.
2: The world is designed to always want like people want more or want what they can't have. And, like, that is how our society is designed. Like, you're always, you're never good enough. And it's really sickness in the entire world. And it's hard to break away from that and truly be grateful for what you have and where you are. You know, it's, uh, I'm working on it and, and I'm a lot better and I love it. But I still, I got to gotta stay away from Facebook sometimes because I still see, you know, college buddies who, who, in my mind, are, doing so much better, but with Facebook, people are just putting on the best of the best. So you're comparing your lowest with people's best.
0: Yeah. And, and don't, don't judge your insides by someone else's outsides.
2: Correct, yeah, so it's the whole, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people deal with this too. So cool. I'm not-
0: but I got something to end on happiness.
2: Go on, Dennis. So Go on.
0: Currently, I am cat sitting for a friend of ours, Don. And you must be in. And we're actually, me and Mike are in uh, the cat studio today doing our <laughs> thing. So there's five cats here right now. Cat. Five, yes. And their names are one is Milo, then there's Remy, then there's Girl Cat. That's its <laughs> name, Girl Cat. Then there's the cutest kitten. And then there is Stuart. Now, all of these cats are super, like, friendly and will pet you and rub up against you. And they're wonderful, good kitties. Then Stuart. Stuart's the biggest, fluffiest, oldest one. And Stuart doesn't want anything to do with anyone. So he stays away from everyone. Well, last night when I came to feed him and check on him and everything, Stuart let me pet him. I got to pet Stuart. So I'm kind of winning at life right now. So I would say that I'm happy right now because Stuart is is let me pet him.
1: And by the way, I know the number one question that, James, you probably have is, is girl, cat, a girl? And I think the answer is yes. I haven't, I haven't. My number one question Mm. is, is, is Stewart named cat, so I'm going to assume that she is a girl yeah we're going to check after we're done recording because it's awfully odd looking at a cat's genitalia and recording a podcast there's certain no-nos in the podcast world and that's one of them yeah, I think looking at cat's genitalia while recording is definitely it, it's not appropriate would you agree James Agreed. yeah we should, we should probably wait so let's end it on that so that way we can go explore We'll be That ba- sounded, that sounded, that's, that sounded, that's not You're good. Not gonna look we're we're going to explore happiness. Is that okay? we can going to explore happiness. Okay. It's not, we're not going to look, gonna like look at the cat's genitalia. We'll be back next Thursday. That might be the oddest way to end this. <laughs> uh, sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you on episode 48. Where the defective character is entirely ready to have these character defects removed. Remember, happiness depends on ourselves. And we'll see you next time.